The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. It is a great joy this morning to welcome you to Marsh Chapel, whether you are here in person, listening live over the radio at 90.9 WBUR, or over internet signals at WBUR.org, or listening later to the podcast at bu.edu slash chapel. We welcome to the pulpit today the Reverend Victoria Hart Gaskell, our chapel associate for Methodist students. Our dean, the Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, sends his greetings as he is away this week, and we look forward to his return next Sunday. We give special thanks for the ministry of the Inner Strength Gospel Choir with us this morning and bear greetings to their new spiritual advisor, Miss Allison Hoffman, who helps lead our worship. Now let us stand as we are able in the praise of God.
Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. As we gather in this Gothic nave in awe and reverence, we come seeking to know God, that in the light of one who knows us most deeply, we might come to know ourselves. That is to say, we come seeking our vocation, that which we are called to be and do in the world. We would catch a glimpse of a vision of that way of being to which we are invited out of an infinity of paths and possibilities. But how can we see, how can we know if our vision is clouded and we deceive ourselves? As we pray in silence during the singing of the Kyrie, let us confess our wrongdoings and missteps and offer them to God in whose light we may see light.
The good news of Jesus Christ for us today is that there is more love in God than sin in us. In the God who is trustworthy and true, let us walk in humility and gratitude the path to which the Spirit calls us. When we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 65, verses 17 through 25. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating, for I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but for a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered youth, and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree, shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall, straw like the, well, shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. The word of the Lord.
Please join with me in reading verses from Psalm 98 with the Antiphon. things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Now please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of our gospel.
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 21, verses 5 through 19. Glory to you, O Lord. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and plagues. And there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. I believe it is the word of God. I do not believe it is the word of God for me. Lutheran pastor, gifted preacher, noted biblical scholar, dean and professor of Harvard Divinity School, and bishop of the Church of Sweden. When he said those words, Christer Stendhal did not advocate the picking and choosing only the scriptures we like or are comfortable with as the basis for our life of faith. Neither did he advocate the summary dismissal of any text that seems to us to be culturally strange or politically incorrect. Rather, he called us to examine closely both the scriptures and our own lives to see clearly the differences as well as the similarities between them, so that we could see and hear clearly the call of God to us, not 2,000 years ago, but to us, here and now, 
in our place and our time. Our Gospel reading this morning is the Little Apocalypse of Luke. Apocalypse means revelation or unveiling, and here Luke portrays Jesus as the one who reveals or unveils to his disciples not only the fate of the temple and the world, but their own fate as well. Certainly there are similarities between the lives of those disciples and our own. Luke writes to a community which realizes that the second of coming of Jesus is delayed, so that the end will not follow immediately. They, like we, are in a time of waiting. We, like them, know that nations rise against nation, that false gods are numerous, that there are indeed famines and plagues and portents, although whether these are great signs from heaven or part of our own human folly is not entirely clear. But there are two major differences between our place and time and the place and time of the Lucan community. The first difference is that while our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world are indeed undergoing persecution, under persecution, at least here, at this time, in this place, we are not. The second difference is that as we are connected to a major research university in whatever capacity, it is our work, even our calling, precisely to prepare our defense in advance, to study, to learn, to examine, to theorize and present theses, to argue, to debate, to conclude, to receive and also to develop our own words and wisdom that none will be able to contradict. All this in the interest of our careers, our lives, even our faith, as we understand ourselves called to this place by God. It may be that these differences are related. It may be that even with all our preparation in advance, we are not worth persecution. For the words and wisdom we are given and develop in this place are increasingly seen as irrelevant. Not just our theology and faith, but our scientific knowledge and understanding, our honest emotion, our rational argument. For what our theology and faith, what our science and emotion and rationality, when there is money to be made, when there is fear to be cosseted and manipulated, when there is power over others to be gained. Let us be realistic. Ours is a more insidious age and place than the first century Mediterranean. The challenge to our faith is not persecution, but seduction. An average of 30,000 advertisements a day tell us that we are not and we do not have enough, and that only more consumption will make us rich, thin, forever young, and successful. 
alcohol, drugs, sex, or gaming promise us relief from our pain and our loneliness. Violence, technology, and empire offer us quick fixes and easy redemption. The title of this sermon is Apocalypse as Opportunity. Barry Neal Kaufman of the Option Institute invites the participants in his programs to use the hardest and most challenging events of their lives as means for transformation with the phrase, what an opportunity. What an opportunity to live out our deepest and highest ideals to live out the choices we most truly want for ourselves and for those around us. As he puts it, happiness is a choice and misery is always an option. <laughs> our apocalypse, the revelation or unveiling of our reality, offers us that same kind of opportunity not to be seduced by expediency or fear, but to live out the word of God that is for us in this place, in this time. Just as for the Lucan com community in a different kind of apocalypse, so our apocalypse gives us the opportunity to testify to the good news of God. Now, we all know that preachers love words. Academics love words, too, sometimes even more than preachers, depending on the day. People who hang out or tune in with preachers and academics love words, too. They have to, or they'd go crazy. I am both preacher and academic, and I love words in more than one language. So I am a bit leery to suggest the preaching and academic heresy that for our apocalypse, words may not be enough for the testimony we are called to give. Still, I suggest it anyway. Phrases like actions speak louder than words and your behavior speaks so loudly I can't hear what you're saying are truisms, both in our language and in our experience. It is the living out, not just the speaking out, of the good news of God that is our call to testimony, our testimony that our opponents will not be able to withstand or contradict. Last week, the class for which I am a teaching assistant had the privilege and honor of a visit from the Red Reverend R. Edwin King. He was in town as one of the recipients for the School of Theology's Distinguished Alumni Award. In recognition of his own work and his work with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s work in the movement for racial justice. He talked with us about the class theme for the day of negotiating power and he talked with us about his testimony to Reverend Dr. King's Jr.'s vision of the beloved community. 
In order to make that vision into a reality, he said, he and his colleagues committed themselves to continue to work toward it, even if they might not fully realize it. They committed themselves to live it, even as they struggled for it. They committed to try not to betray it as they worked for it. As a white United Methodist pastor in the deep south of the time, for Ed King, his testimony included marches, rejection by his religious colleagues, beatings, imprisonment, torture, hard labor, military surveillance, a place on the President of the United States enemies list, and strategic compromise and backroom dealing on a local and national level. And as he says, while there is still a ways to go, he is amazed at how far the vision has come, how much it has become reality. Ed King says, we are not alone. Now it is a different time, and we too are not alone in any sense of the word. For us in a globalized world, this morning Isaiah proclaims a globalized vision, an entirely new creation of this world in this life, so that now so new that the former things will not even be remembered or come to mind. Jerusalem that holy city, now such a center of pain and conflict. Jerusalem will be recreated a joy. There will be no more mourning. There will be no sickness, and all will live to a ripe old age. There will be enough for all to live with stability and pleasure. Those who work and create will enjoy the fruits of their labor themselves there will be perfect communion with God. There will be a beloved community, if you will, in which all of creation will be fulfilled in harmony, justice, and peace. For us to realize this, the vision that we have been given, there may not be marches and prison. But there is equally, there is the equally and perhaps even more challenging work. To claim our relative freedom and stability, and in that freedom and stability, to stand with our sisters and brothers who undergo persecution. To stand with them not just in spiritual ways, but in political and material ways as well, so that they too know that they are not alone and not forgotten. For us to realize this, the vision that we have been given, there may not be beatings and torture, but there is the equally and perhaps even more challenging need for what Saints Jane de Chantal and Francis de Sales call the little virtues. Friendship, generosity, cordiality, hospitality, kindness, patience, and the like. 
those practices that sound so simple and obvious in words and are often so difficult actually to do, especially with those we see or are increasingly told to see as them, the person of another faith or another skin color or another body weight. The competition in the next library, Carol, for the curve on the grade, the grade on the curve. The immigrant. The differently gender preferencing. The stranger or newcomer. Those who have lost their jobs or their homes or both. For us to realize the vision we have been given in our time there may not be backroom dealings and rejection from our religious colleagues, but there is the equally and perhaps even more challenging invitation for us to consider as individuals and as members of communities our own behavior, to consider how and where and on what we spend our money our life energy, our time. To consider what and who we let into our minds and our bodies and our emotions. To consider whether what we do as well as what we say is just more capitulation to seduction or is it behavior to answer the call of God and help bring in the vision for our place and time. Apocalypse, the revelation, the unveiling is opportunity. Opportunity not just to see the world in our place and time as it is, but to see it as it might be. It is opportunity to testify to the creativity at God at work in the world through our behavior. Behaviors that help to bring in the globalized vision of a new world of justice and peace right here, right now. There will be a certain amount of working toward it, even if we might not fully realize it. A certain amount of living it even as we struggle for it. A certain commitment to try not to betray it as we work for it. So there is with any vision. But the vision itself will sustain us if we keep our focus on that prize and not on the seductions that surround us. When we claim those aspects of the vision that already exist in our own lives, it becomes easier to resist the seductions and to live out the vision even more fully. The writer Sarah Van Brethnock reminds us, both abundance and lack exist simultaneously in our lives as parallel realities. It is always our conscious choice which secret garden we will tend. When we choose not to focus on what is missing from our lives, but on the abundance that's present, love, health, family, friends, work, and personal pursuits that bring us pleasure, 
the wasteland falls away and we experience joy in the real lives we live each day. We are not alone. The God who calls to us out of the apocalypse, the revelation, the unveiling, that is the God who goes before us into the places where the vision is not yet realized, goes before us with creativity and love to prepare those places for us and to meet us there with power and grace. And we have each other both right around us and further away, and even in virtual reality. People of like mind and purpose. We can work together not just in spite of our differences, but because of them, as our differences make a whole of our talents and of our results. The organizational consultant Margaret J. Wheatley writes, there is no power for change greater than a community discovering what it cares about. Both in the church and in the academy, we can discover whole networks of individuals and communities that care with passion about what we care about. Networks that invite us to join with them or who will accept our invitation. The invitation to do something practical, to bring the shared vision into being. Apocalypse as opportunity. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating, says God. Amen.
As we move now to a time of prayer, I invite you to sit, stand, kneel, or come to the altar rail if your tradition to do so. As the choir leads us in the call to prayer, lead me, Lord. ever-present God, you call us on a journey to a place we do not know. We are not where we started. We have not reached our destination. We are not sure where we are or who we are. This is not a comfortable place. Be among us, we pray. Calm our fears. Save us from discouragement and help us to stay on course. Open our hearts to your guidance so that our journey to this unknown place continues as a journey of trust. And now let us join in the prayer that Christ taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
The peace of the Lord be always with you. We are pleased that you are here worshiping with us this morning, and we hope that you will take a moment to sign in on the red pads found along the center aisle of each pew and pass that pad along so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. We are grateful for the ministry in our midst of the Inner Strength Gospel Choir and would note for the benefit of the congregation that their concert is this coming Friday evening at 7.30 p.m. right here in the nave of Marsh Chapel. For more information, see the Marsh Chapel website, and to uh, purchase tickets in advance, please contact the Marsh Chapel office. We would also note that next Sunday, following the service, the women of Marsh Chapel are invited to a gathering at the Howard Gottlieb Archival Research Center. For more information, see the chapel website or the announcement in your bulletin. We would uh, note also that uh, many upcoming activities and announcements are available on the chapel website at bu.edu chapel, and also the opportunity for <coughs> online giving. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Gracious God, thank you for the life and the blessings you have given us. Please accept these offerings from the scarcity of this world to bring about the abundance of your kingdom in this and every community. In the name of Christ, amen. this place in peace to live out the vision that God calls us to for our place and our time. In the name of that God who makes us, who loves us, who keeps us in everything. Amen. <laughs> 